Is your microphone backwards? I don't know. Shouldn't you have the um, the light and everything facing you? Yeah. That oh, that's so sense. much fucking better. Oh, is there actually <laughs> direction to this? I didn't know that. <laughs> Why the direction? It should be because yeah. you set it to a directional. That's oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> That's that so funny. The start of this podcast is just going to be you realizing that the microphone wasn't pointed towards you. Oh, you suck. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, my God. This is such a huge difference. No wonder the video of the, um, sorry, the sound of the laptop was so prominent because you're pointing the microphone directly at the screen. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, uh, well, I'm not going to win any tech prizes, am I? Oh, that sounds way better. <laughs> yeah, it's so amazing how much the audio improves once you point the microphone in the right direction. And do I point it at me as well? Yeah, if you could like sort of think of it as the thing which is recording the noise that comes out of your mouth. So put your <laughs> mouth noises up against that sort of black tip. Bubbly boo, bubbly boo, bubbly boo. Perfect. The blue button balanced on the board of directors. Didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> yeah. You know what's also surprising? That board of directors, all women. Check your, <laughs> check your biases, everybody. That was a female boardroom. Still, a male button balancing on a female board of directors. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, is it? It's a little bit it's inappropriate, <laughs> it's, We've still it? got a ways to go, people. A boy button is, <laughs> is inappropriate in this context. I've just spent the whole... I took him a daffodil this morning. Um, just been really productive been applying for some jobs, um, went through a very intense workout in which I... Oh, um, sprained something. Uh, kind of hurt my my forearms. Trying to... I'm so intimidated at the gym that I... Sorry, garage band just had a fit. Um, I'm so like... I, I avoid... Like I'll go, there, I'll go to the gym and I'll have like a set idea of what I want to do. But then if there's like a really strong person like around the machine that I want to use, I just will neglect that part. And I'll just be like, oh, well, I'll just do some more sit-ups again. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) I just did heaps of sit-ups, but there's a really scary dude over there. And I'm just going to do it again or just check my phone or something. Um, (laughs) Check your phone. Just take a break in between reps and just, yeah, make an Instagram selfie. Yeah. So far, I've had no real muscle development, but my but my thumbs are very strong. <laughs> um, so, why are your forearms sore then? What were you focusing on? You do just push ups, curls, mate, curls, just curls, bicep. all curls, Bit of bicep. Yeah, um, I think I just am using. I don't know what. I think I've got brittle bones, to be honest. <laughs> I think my bone, my bones feel brittle. They feel like they can snap. Like inside you. Yeah. You just like, you feel like they're a little bit more flexible than you hoped for. It's not even flexible. I just feel like they, they just feel weak. Like my (laughs) muscles, don't get me wrong, feel really strong. However, I'm let (laughs) down once again by by my bones. Yeah. The number of times as well you've complained over the years about your bones letting you down. It's starting Mm. to become, you know, a little bit of a recurring theme. It is, yeah. The bo- my bones are my Achilles heel, actually. Specifically, when it came to that Viagra story. Yes, um, 
my web, my autobiography will be called Bones, Bones, and Boners. <laughs> the um, you, you, the other thing you could do, I suppose, is like have some calcium every now and then. Well, maybe that's got something to do with it because I don't have any calcium. Yeah, that'd probably help. You'd probably get a little bit. It's in gre- leafy greens. Eat some, is it? Yeah, if you eat some like spinach or broccoli, I think that's got calcium in it. I eat plenty of that. I, I don't eat it and have any cow milk. That's. But you love cheese. I fucking love cheese. I love cheese. I've been exploring some cheese, sandwich cheese. Um, I'm a fan of the Swiss. Um, I've since been on the Edom. Um, the Gouda is a classic. I've gone away from cheddar. Why would you go for an Edom over a cheddar? Uh, just to explore. Just, but isn't um, Edom more conventional than a cheddar? I have no idea. They're all foreign to me. Wow. You yeah. find cheddar to be a foreign... What was Cheddar's... the cheese you were having? What's your default cheese? What was the cheese Swiss. you grew up on? Swiss. Uh, no, uh, the cheese I grew up on Kraft was... Singles. Was tasty cheese, which was tasty. bought in that block, yeah, and my yeah. mum, bless her, would cut slices the size of um, Mount Rushmore. I mean, that doesn't really apply. The size of the Berlin books, Wall, I would say. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, not the yeah. Sure, let's go to the Berlin Wall. Slices of cheese the size of <laughs> the size of Ber- the Berlin Wall. Michael, that's pretty offensive. I don't know that I would use it in that kind of analogy. Well, it walked right into that one. But um, they, yeah, it kind of put me off. But I've since gone to a Swiss. I, don't, I don't you feel like you, myself. Don't you feel like you're getting a little bit ripped off with a Swiss cheese? Like you're paying for air. Yeah, it's but it's much. Swiss cheese to me is much like music. You know, it's 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 as much of uh, you know a beautiful song can be as much the uh, the parts that you don't hear. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all about the rests as much as the notes. And it's about balance. Yeah. You That's know? why I um try and just let you speak to sort of balance, balance it out. It Welcome to Deep Forward, everybody. This is a podcast. And we're here to help you out in the answer zone. Sitting through the internet with me, Michael. Say hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, my name is The Squidge. <laughs> the Squidge? <laughs> the Squidge. The Squidge. It's Mikey like and it. The Squidge. I like it. Uh, Very much. <laughs> this is our, our new network syndication show. Um, what are we talking about this week? Um, I've, got, I've got a full itinerary for us. Wow. Ooh, mama. Okay. Where do we start? Um, I've got a story that I want to tell. I've got, um, we've got Julian Assange to talk about. We've got Mueller to sort of talk about. Yeah. Um, going to guess your story is, 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 is non-serious. I'm going to, going to guess that's a lighthearted romp. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess I mean, it has connotations, but. Okay. um, Well, we'll. We'll push that a little later, I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Start with the heavy stuff. Start with um, some meat. We're, we're going to have a special guest on this episode. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I don't want to get you... I don't know. It's not about getting your hopes up. Your hopes should be up. I don't want to alarm you, but it's a pretty big get. It's a pretty famous celebrity. 
Well, that's uh, that, that's going to be uh, something worth sticking around for. That's I would. I would, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, I'll, I'll stick it out. I'll see where this goes. Uh, we've got a bit of chit-chat. Just uh, definitely go in for some chit-chat. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see how we go. This is quite nice. I don't think we've ever given such a, a, a solid rundown of the episode's events in advance. People think we don't plan this stuff, that it's all just off the cuff. But um, well, you've, you've made our <laughs> notes manifest into the audio experience as well. Evidently, when you take a uh, modafinil at the start of the day, you end up spending a <laughs> lot of time. Time for uh, podcast planning. A lot of detailed time that you have convinced yourself is not procrastination, uh, but actually is very focused procrastination. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All righty. Well, shall we start with um, with uh, the whole Muller-Assange thing, eh? Yes, Mueller. Is it Mueller Mueller. or Muller? People tend to say Muller these days. Yeah, I'm going it depends, Muller. It depends on the um, host, um, the late night host or the, the TV host. Muller it is. Muller. Um, since we last potted, in fact, possibly the day after we last potted, um, the long-awaited uh, Muller, Mueller, Mueller. See, I, I can't say Muller. I want to say Mueller. I'm sorry. Mueller, Mueller. Mm. The long-awaited Mueller report was released. Um the uh, fact that previous investigations done by special counsels took sometimes four, five, six years, notwithstanding, everyone seemed to be clamoring for this thing to be over. And I think he um, he certainly bowed to a certain degree of, um, not pressure, but he certainly seemed aware of the, the time frame um, and delivered a report which was quite focused in its scope. Um, of course... Uh, it had this strange kind of preamble where there was some advance spin from the Attorney General Barr in advance of its release before anyone got to see the report. Um, We had Trump claiming it completely exonerated him and said there was no collusion, said that it was proof um, on the face of it that nothing happened. And then a few days later, that narrative turned to it's a complete lie and all made up um, and all irrelevant and ignore the thing which i said was totally great and exonerated me and on the left side of course people read into it the number of um activities and um behaviors of the president that they saw as very unpresidential um so in a way i don't know what your take on it is but it certainly felt almost unsurprising in the the reaction um yeah how did you feel watching it play out a little disappointed in um, in that it was so predictable. Um, in that the reactions. report was yeah the the reactions were predictable. The reactions were were because the because the Muller had become this kind of messiah. It was like a like Deus Ex figure. Machina, right? It was going to come in and and like fix. He was the one, yeah. And then you know it, you can't, you'd kind of hope with that sort of thing if he's i mean he's not he's not completely exonerated him but a lot of the claims it did prove um that you know maybe maybe there was evidence of you know some collusion but it wasn't a systemic strategy to collude like they they had slip ups here and there and there was probably bad intention and but a lot of it you know didn't come to fruition because what people didn't want to follow Trump's orders for one thing. Um, 
And so I thought it was disappointing that the some some pundits on the left, I was watching Bill Maher today, and he was, you know, he was sucking Mueller's dick in the lead-up to it, and then it's come out and he's just like, nah, Mueller's investigation doesn't prove anything. I was like, I would have liked to have seen some concession from the left um, that maybe there wasn't, uh, you know, maybe there wasn't that much proof to to their claims of collusion. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll push back on that narrative sort of on, on two fronts. Um, the first thing was, from the legal perspective, there was a distinction to be made in between no evidence and substantive enough evidence to bring charges. Sure. And the narrative has been pushed out. There was no evidence of collusion, and that's incorrect. Muller found tons of evidence of collusion. The the challenge that he had in in a very uncertain political time was approaching it from a legal perspective where he had to uh, be confident enough in the case presented to be able to prove it in a court of law. Beyond reasonable doubt, yeah. Beyond a reasonable doubt is one standard. That's arguably not the standard that it needs to be for for impeachment. Um, that's quite a high legalistic standard. That's that's up there with like sort of a murder charge, that sort of thing, where, where the scale of an accusation is um, and the implications of a conviction are so high, the expected evidence asked of a prosecutor is higher than, say, looking for a warrant just to sort of follow up on a lead and continue an investigation right so yep. so a low a lower scale question requires lower propensity of the evidence you know um so some some of those legal tests require you know effectively like a better than 50 percent chance like is it is it slightly more possible is is it leaning towards suggesting this a court of law will say grant a warrant to go investigate it further so there's there's standards of proof basically um, and then you get up to something like a murder charge where it's like beyond reasonable doubt, we need to be absolutely certain, you know, as far as we can be given the circumstances that this person is guilty. Yeah. Those, those are, those are varying scales of proof. And the challenge with this whole Mueller report has been making very complex political and legal systems narratively understood by the public and that's and because it's very complicated legal processes the trump campaign or the republican campaign has been able to go out and push their you know preferred narrative which is that you know there was no collusion um or you know any other number of interpretations of the Mueller report the 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 sort of my, my first point here was that Mueller found tons of evidence, repeated attempts by the campaign to solicit or work with Russian um, operatives in order to um, win the election or to get discrediting material of Hillary Clinton or multiple other things, but never uh, reached the standard in which they were confident they could bring that actual case to the courts. So there's a distinction between no evidence whatsoever. And in fact, Mueller says if we would exonerate, like if we could say there was no suspicion of activity, we would say so, but we can't say that's the case here. 
you know, they found evidence. So they weren't able to exonerate him. And that But is your issue there that that Trump lied? Like about he was saying that there was no collusion there was no evidence for collusion and there clearly was because I mean Well, it it's not an issue specific to Trump. It's it's a it like I have that issue in terms of the like Republican Party's approach to it and also in terms of the democratic response to it, which seems to be fairly um limp wristed, um, when there is clearly so much in terms of the depictions of Trump's character and nefarious behaviours and willingness to solicit this kind of um, activity from the Russians, that should be enough to get them to start an impeachment proceeding. Um, His term's almost over. Is is it even worth it? It is absolutely worth it. Can he be impeached after your presidency? You can only impeach someone from an office that they hold. So the impeachment has to happen during a presidency. He can and will be charged with felonies once he leaves office. Um, But those, those are separate kind of legal proceedings was who else has been clinton's been impeached hasn't he yeah and that's that's the the other thing with the impeachment process like we're jumping around a little bit but the impeachment process is a process it is it is not like we pull the trigger and then you're impeached it is it's an investigation in and of itself um so one of the in the Mueller report there were two aspects that he was investigating there was one whether there was a um, a conspiracy charge where in which the Trump campaign uh, operated with the Russian government before the fact to rig the election or manipulate the election, right? And the term of collusion is a is not a legal term. The term collusion right. is a is a um, there's no such charge in the American legal system as collusion. There's conspiracy, there is bribery, there is, you know, all, all these other kind of things. But collusion is like a, a kind of a public, sure. a layman's term, which in, encompass, encompasses a whole bunch of stuff. So yep. the specific ambit of, of Mueller was to investigate a conspiracy charge with the Russian government, which is a direct, before the um, before anything happened, hi, let's sit down. Let's get in a room and decide, yes, we're going to rig the election. All right, shake hands. We're, we're doing it. We're, you guys, we're having a conspiracy. And then they go off and they rig the election. So he was investigating that very, very narrow conception between those two parties and that specific crime. Yep. And then the other thing he started to look at after James Comey was fired was obstruction of justice. Right. And in a way, we didn't need him to look at obstruction of justice because there's so much evidence of obstruction of justice all the way through from yep. the very start of him firing Comey to all of the witness tampering he was doing and the stuff with um, Cohen and all kinds of shit. So in a way... But to obst- prove... Sorry, can I just ask a stupid yeah, yeah, question? Please, to no, prove go. obstruction of justice, you have to prove intent, that your intent was to prove obstruction of... Can you just accidentally obstruct justice? Uh, that's an interesting question. I think it has to be intended, but I'm not sure on that one. I'm I'm, I'm not sure. The, the, the key thing with obstruction is it doesn't have to happen. All you have to do is ask. So even though the members of the team around him didn't fulfill what he'd asked, didn't go off and fire the people that he wanted, didn't go off and, and do the things that he wanted, that's irrelevant 
he asked and that's the obstruction it doesn't need yep. to have happened so the fact that it that it could have been worse is actually immaterial um, so yeah. that there, there's a ton again a ton of evidence of obstruction the the reason that they handed that uh, the reason that Mueller's report didn't point the finger is that he based on the uh, the writings and rulings of the justice department didn't believe that he could that it was his role to adjudicate that and he passed it over to congress basically explicitly saying you need to investigate this now you need to do an impeachment hearing or an investigation um and and follow up on it because i can't do it myself but there's very explicit language in in the report basically saying this is not up to me um congress needs to um use its um, you know the separation of powers and and the uh, endowment of powers from the constitution to um, hold the executive to account. Um, so when it comes to that obstruction thing again, it's 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 not really super surprising because we saw so much of it, um, and it, it's really just a question of Congress whether or not they're going to follow up on it. Um, but the 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 just to go back again to that idea of the collusion, the the willingness to use Russia um, to rig the election or to manipulate the Democrats or to weaken Hillary Clinton or to throw people off of um, Bernie Sanders, all, all, all these kind of things. Um, again, I'll just reinforce that the conspiracy was not really the accusation that anyone had put forward, that there had been some handshake three years ago between Putin and Donald Trump saying, yeah, wink, wink, we're going to, let's, let's do a conspiracy. There are so many other kinds of collusive behavior like, you know, Donald Trump Jr. Sitting down in, in a room with Russian agents um, and being offered stolen materials and then saying that sounds great, particularly later in the summer. That is, that is like quote unquote layman's collusive behavior, but it's not, it's not pre-arranged. It was a willingness of those parties to accept that material that was brought to them. But there was no you know, pre-existing arrangement and those parties weren't the Russian government. So it's outside of the scope of what Mueller looked at. And that was one of those things where if it had been a four, five, six year investigation, Mueller could have expanded the scope of what he was looking at. But he specifically looked at the pre-arranged conspiracy out, you know, idea and not the wider stuff. So even though on the conspiracy angle uh, there was there was no evidence of it or insufficient evidence to bring a um, a case against um, the Trump campaign, there is plenty of other evidence of um, the campaign's behaviour to suggest they um, inappropriately um, manipulated or worked with Russian intelligence to sway um, the election and get into power and do a, a quid, quid pro quo. Interesting. No, I appreciate that rundown because the legalities and, uh, are kind of, I can get like a, a kind of a silhouette of what's happening and, and then my yeah attention doesn't allow, you know, when I'm hearing this on, the news and stuff to to get the, the details so that helps thanks no i mean it it is one of those issues where like it is legitimately one of the biggest 
most impactful issues of our time that we'll live through, right? Like this is, and, and look, one of the one of the findings of the Mueller report um, was unequivocally that Russia influenced the 2016 election, election, like actively manipulated through the dissemination of stolen materials or uh, working with one party over another to rig the American democracy. Like that, that was a finding that the yeah. intelligence agencies found and that Mueller also corroborated. That's an incredible, incredible uh, event in <laughs> But there's there's so much density in this topic, and there's so much, um, not even nuance. So there's so much like uh, specific legalistic political, you know, understanding to um, required of people to be able to keep the whole picture in shape. It, it's it's no surprise that people can't keep it all in their heads, or that you when you listen to a headline bounce off it because it's <laughs> it's it's such a complex you know, multi-country multi-year um counterintelligence political legal clusterfuck <laughs> there'll be so, books and movies about it written for the next 40 years oh yeah it's a, it's a great time for for politics in a way there's certainly more attention paid to it than there's been in a long time how come so much of it was redacted and what can that what what can that tell us like how like i've just seen like images of pdfs with you know pages the whole pages (laughs) whole pages blacked out except for one or two words like what do you think's hidden in those well again because Mueller had this interesting task of against a ticking clock against an imminent election you know 2020 um, of delivering some kind of cohesive contained report um, he had a narrow scope so crimes and uh, issues that he discovered in the course of inve- his investigation that weren't directly um, his responsibility, he passed off to other agencies. So I, I believe there are 14 other ongoing cases that have been ha- like literally handballed off by Mueller to various relevant um, departments. So the New, Z- New Jersey has um, a bunch of them. Virginia has a couple of them. The New York State has a bunch of them because the Trump Foundation is um, headquartered in, in New York State. Um, so... Basically, any time he uh, spotted a crime that wasn't his to deal with, he passed off his case notes to other people. And because those cases are ongoing, they've redacted sensitive information out of the Mueller report um, because it it might impact other ongoing investigations. But this this is effectively the start of what will be um, an ongoing process of many years as the various affected officials... Um, leave office or I mean particularly Trump in that case or um, go through the uh, the court processes with uh, these other jurisdictions you will see another 14 cases <laughs> brought and made public um, from you know surrounding various aspects of, of this whole mess so they can't say certain 
certain things because they those people are still in office. Correct. Uh, uh, well, maybe maybe in office or just maybe under investigation or are cooperating with the um, uh, you know the officials uh, and providing intel and possibly still in a job and thus you know collecting evidence um that they could be protected witnesses um who are still actively in a position um to be of more use to investigators the other sorry go on you go the other thing is that when it comes to something like the obstruction case um donald trump never sat down for an interview and neither did Don Jr. or Ivanka or anyone in his immediate orbit. So because they never had a one-to-one with the prosecutors, the prosecutors were never able to get on the record and answer from them about various issues, which then, going back to your, your question of obstruction, if they can get them on the record to tell the prosecutors what they're thinking about a decision to fire James Comey, that then can suggest what their intent was, what their um, awareness of guilt was, whether they were complicit in understanding what was going on and ignored it or covered it up, whether they knew that it was wrong but did it anyway, this kind of thing. And because none of those central figures um, deigned to sit down with Mueller, um, which arguably, though I'm not sure from a legal perspective, perspective arguably seems to me like consciousness of guilt in the first place if you're convinced that you're innocent um and there's an investigation which is there theoretically to see whether you're innocent and you don't sit down with the investigator arguably (laughs) that's uh, some indication that you're guilty but um yes regardless the um the fact that they weren't able to get on the record answers to their questions meant that they couldn't then in a legal court reach the degree of um, evidence required to state this person knew what they're doing was wrong. This person intended to obstruct justice. This person intended to um, cover up what was going on. And as a result, again, it, it feels like nothing happened when all it was, was there was a lot of evidence, but not enough. So just to segue maybe into uh, Assange territory. Yeah. I'm curious as to why. So if Assange has, Assange, I mean, Trump has been quoted on video and there's audio of him praising WikiLeaks when it was helping him um, during his campaign. And now it's basically the Trump administration that's asking for him to be um, extradited to the to the US to charge them on t- charge him on counts of um, what com- computer hacking or yeah I I, I must uh, admit I forget what the specific accusation it, was it's something like it's 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 a I know it's a charge that because the UK has a clause that they say if you if we the UK will not extradite someone to a country if that may cause them harm and um you can get the death penalty for espionage in the u.s right so the u.s is not charging him assange for 
on charges of espionage, but they're charging them on lesser a lesser charge, which is like computer hacking. Sure. Uh, with probably um, the intention of adding further charges to that. Yeah. So um, my question is to you: What do you, why do you think um, Trump has Trump, the Trump administration now has like a renewed focus on basically um, taking Assange and WikiLeaks down for crimes that didn't even happen if they were crimes? Well, you've probably got a lot to say about that, but for crimes that happened before he was even in office. Uh, there's a few different factors there. Um, whether it happened, and, sorry, go ahead. And I mean, you probably get to it anyway. But like, you're not you're not a fan of you're not a big fan of Assange. I'm not a huge fan of Assange. No. Okay, I'm keen to hear you extrapolate on that. Um, so there's a few factors there. Whether or not it happened in, when Trump was in office is irrelevant because there's you know. Statutes of of limitations on various crimes, and that can be longer than two years, obviously. So, uh, whether or not it happened during Trump's presidency is is kind of yeah. But then it's like why do they? Yeah, but then it's like why do they care? Because Obama, the Obama administration, chose not to prosecute Assange. The other thing is that in this instance, we're conflating two separate pillars of democracy here. Technically, though this hasn't been the case, particularly during the Trump administration, technically the Justice Department is not um, beholden to Trump. They're different independent arms of the government. Um, And the president should not be able to direct what the Justice Department does or doesn't prosecute as a specific pillar between the executive branch and and the judiciary, right? Right. So they shouldn't actually have that ability. So theoretically, whether or not they prosecute or try and extradite Assange is kind of independent of the presidency. Um, I don't know. I haven't followed Assange's situation too closely, I must admit. Um, but I think the decision to uh, to... to change the tactic and try and, and try and extradite him for a, uh, a charge, which is not a, you know, a potential death penalty. I, I can't, I, I'm not sure what the, what the, I'm not sure why this happened now. Um, so I, 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 I won't really guess on that. Um, in terms of my perspective on WikiLeaks brought more broadly, there is plenty of evidence to suggest that they were being used by Russia to assist in their destabilization efforts in the 2016 elections. And whether or not Julian Assange was uh, a puppet that was unaware that he was being manipulated by Russia in the release of the documents in the way that he was um, for their political and international benefit or whether he was aware and willing and consciously chose to do it. Uh, that That's something that Which we don't is, know. It's what, definitely either. the second one. It's definitely the second one. I, I tend to agree as well. I don't think that you could make those choices without knowing 
the the, the places that this information is coming from and, and he, the, he the basically that... he basically admitted it how so He's 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 basically he he basically said that he's I mean he's trying to play his his card which is potentially a valid card probably one that I th- think is more valid than you that he is a journalist and he received information and the issue is that he le- he dropped that information that he received at a strategic he there was strategy involved totally. and it was and that that's the issue because that was in Russia's best interest as well but if you're a journalist just just for clarity before we just go too far off that you're referring to the fact that he dropped the democratic um emails emails yeah during the 2016 campaign like July 2016 uh on the exact day that the Trump grab him by the pussy tape came out, um, it was like a almost like it, it seemed very clearly a disinformation campaign in the sense that uh, it was thrown into the pool when everything looked like it was going to turn against Trump to then cause a splash um, and attention on the Democratic candidate at that time. Um, sorry, continue. Is your argument though then that he is a I mean, what's his incentive? Like, so you 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 think that he might like be seeking favors from Trump in in the future or something? From Trump? Like, he's, no, I don't. I don't know. Like, why? Why? I think. I mean, he he's he's a weird character. Yeah, I mean, he's a. Really he's clearly weird got guy. an ego, and I think that's part of it. His his claim to being an independent. Hey, I'm just a journalist, man. I'm all about free speech, and it's I just I'm just for transparency. Yeah, you're for transparency, but um, your ego is getting in the way of that transparency a little bit, and that that kind of weakens his whole yeah existence, really. Yeah, I I don't think of him as a journalist, and I we had this we had this talk off off pod, um, but I I think that a journalist comes with a set of journalistic ideals and principles, um, including a certain degree of peer review, a degree of hierarchy in which there's editors above you to check um, your stories and and verify. You have fact checking teams that are brought in to. Um, to make sure that your stories are accurate and that sort of thing. I think There's, I don't think here the the factual accuracy of WikiLeaks published like anything that they've published has been called into question, has it? They've published accurately. I, I suppose what I'm I'm getting at is more the curatorial style of it. The the if if science has the scientific method, that what the way in which they approach their their art in order to ensure the veracity and, and independent viability of their um, studies. Journalism has the same approach into asking the question of why you're telling the story, who's given this information, what is the source getting at, how have we verified this independently to them, can we construct this story um, uh, ethically, but not not... not in in a broad sense, you know, under yeah. under journalistic ethics, mm-hmm. um, that that's that's more what I'm getting at, and I think WikiLeaks sits outside of that concept of journalism. I think, and, and I'm interested, you know, to have a discussion with you about the the place for 
uh, leaks, for uh, data, for uh, public information versus uh, like redacted or private or government held information. Like, I think that's an interesting discussion, but I don't think that that, I don't think of that as journalism unless it goes through the filter of the journalistic ethics at the top of it in the, in the way that, you know, when, when the New York times gets a whistleblower saying, Hey, this, um, this factory has been breaking child labor laws or, uh, when Ronan Farrow gets, Hey, this person sexually assaulted this person, it goes through external verifications and WikiLeaks's approach tends to be, or seems to be to me, um, we got some information and here it is without the intellectual pursuit or consideration as to what the purpose of that information coming to them is, which is how Russia was able to, to its great success, take, steal the democratic national committee's emails, pass them to WikiLeaks and WikiLeaks put them up and the uh, narrative changed from Hillary Clinton. Um, So I'm not saying necessarily that the information that came out in those emails didn't deserve examination. I'm not necessarily saying that. I tend to think it was slightly overblown, but I, I, I think that WikiLeaks as a service or as a platform is not really one of journalistic integrity. Yeah. I think if, I think what I said before, if you're going to claim to be an organization that champions transparency, um, then any sort of strategy completely undermines that. If you have, yeah, if you have any, any sort of um, tactics or timing, it kind of undermines that a little bit, but yeah, I'm a little bit torn on this as well because, because I, 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 I think a lot of us would all be for transparency, but the, at the end of the day, like you said, you want to have a filter there. Like there is some information that the public should not know. Yeah, and I it's agree. not. And, and the other thing is, it's not just the public of the U.S. You know, this is like this is potentially information that is being made public that is getting in the hands of the wrong people, i.e., terrorists, i.e., enemies of the Western democracy. Exactly. So there kind of has to be that filter, but there's also like it's both. There's also the embarrassment factor people the government doesn't want to be exposed the, the the government doesn't want the world to see what war crimes they committed in afghanistan and such like that's embarrassing to them they did fuck up and yeah. that's embarrassing but all it's both they all they did that and that also the information does need to be directed in a way and that's probably a uh, something that we as citizens just need to swallow and uh, give up surrender yeah and that that's certainly a process in which there seems to be some there seems to be a process for that within the existing democratic system there there are degrees and ways in which we can 
expect accountability from the government. There are freedom of information requests. There is fundamentally the idea of elections and of if you don't like the way that people behave, you can vote for a different candidate. Um, and and I would like to think that we can have accountability and we can obtain information through a court process and through a journalistic process um, rather than through a potentially manipulative or political leak. Um, yeah, it's sort of independent to those. Mm. But when it comes to Assange, um, I think you're right. I think it's very unlikely. It seems impossible as from sort of a, an outsider's perspective, obviously. Um, his character, as you say, seems very egotistical. I think what he wants from it is not really like favors from Trump or favors from Putin, um, though maybe some money helped out here or there. But um, I, I, I think he just likes being, you know, a big dick swinger, being yeah, a power be, broker, being. I think he likes about. being the martyr man. I think he likes being the martyr. Being was, the face was, of a movement. Yeah. Um, He's one of. I was listening to is one of his friends being interviewed um, on an English news network and um one of his friends was saying that you know he julian likes to be the martyr like this in terms of pr the images of him getting carried out screaming in protest from a by officials was kind of good for his the image he wanted to put out yeah i did you see someone circulated a story um where some comedian was knew a friend and the friend asked if their friend could stay with the comedian and it turned out that it was Julian Assange and Julian Assange just came and like crashed in their house for a couple of weeks and was a terrible house guest and refused to leave uh, even though they needed the spare room for other people coming and all kinds of stuff. I'll try and... <laughs> Wait, is this from like years ago? <laughs> this is from like a decade ago or something, right? <laughs> but like 100% true story. Just when he was in his, in his um, you know, American life, bouncing from couch to couch on the WikiLeaks train, uh, he was just a terrible kind of obnoxious house guest. It's quite a funny, um, quite a funny story. I'll see if I can find the link and put it in the notes for you. I was, I was just watching just before we went on. I was watching this interview with him and Bill Maher that was done via satellite from him while he was still in the embassy. It's probably from a year ago, right? And I got a sense of that type of his. I mean, because I, I'd been reading about him, but I hadn't really heard him talk. So I was like, I wanted to get a sense of his character. And when he was talking, he was like. He was, Bill Maher pulled him up on something. Bill Maher's really not a fan of him. I'm not really a fan of Bill Maher. That's incidental. But I I just say that because I, sure. I just say that because I think I've already mentioned me watching Bill Maher. Just not not constantly watching Bill Maher. Yeah. Um, And Julian Assange answered this kind of um, probing question with, well, Bill, uh, I just uh, did some bit of research in coming for this interview, and I found like a I found a 
William Ma donated a million dollars to the Obama campaign. Care to comment on that? And Bill Ma was like, um, yeah, dude, I made that completely public. I wanted people to know that. And, <laughs> and it was like, he, I kind of got this sense that it was like, he's, he really liked, be, he really wanted to be this kind of like, uh, gotcha kind yeah, of like, information breaker. I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a, here's a bombshell for you. Truth. Yeah. And it was kind of like, ugh, that was a bit icky. Yeah. It's it's like it's almost that office humor where you're seeing someone like trying to be <laughs> someone that they're not trying to be cool, trying to like put up an image and then really failing, and you're like, oh, yeah. no, don't yeah. don't try and be that person. <laughs> don't do that, Jules. Jules. I had never thought that he was probably nicknamed Jules. Jules aside, <laughs> Julesy. Um, you know, it's weird the idea pierce? that Benedict Cumberbatch played him in a movie. That is weird. That is weird, that isn't weird? it? Not really. That's super. That's ninety percent weird. A, a drinking whiskey neat with a, with a with ice. ice. Yeah, it's makers. So yeah, it is not you're the. A com- uh... You're a complex fella. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was your expectation? Well, you drink. Uh, what is it? Kahlua and Coke. Um, <laughs> Definitely not. Or Kahlua and milk. That's closer to the truth, yeah. Um, or sometimes just uh, straight scotch. I mean, I think you're probably one of a handful of people that drink both of those drinks. I don't think that's true. Though you do work at a bar, so maybe I should defer to your knowledge. Stop saying I work at a bar. You work for a bar? No. You're bar-related in your career direction. That's the worst one of them. <laughs> Um, just to, just to wrap up this, uh, little Russia Trumpy Assange talk, I would just, uh, put out my sort of one takeaway going forward, which is that a, I believe the Democrats should impeach because there's plenty of evidence of, um, uh, criminal or underhanded intent in what has been, de- um, described in the Mueller report and B, there is a ton of cases uh, that have been handed off to other jurisdictions that will continue to be investigated and deliver further um, arrests and indictments going forward. And see, uh, Donald Trump himself is an unindicted co-conspirator, co- an unindicted co-conspirator in uh, the Cohen case. So the moment he leaves office, the uh, uh, he will be arrested and interrogated and asked about that. So well, one of the reasons. See- could we see Nick? Could the world see, possi- potentially Trump in handcuffs? Absolutely. Really? That gen- I mean, okay. So put this back into um, context. Donald Trump didn't want to win the election, right? He hates this fucking job. He hates being president, <laughs> right? Okay. It is so not. That. He wants to play. I he's love- played golf for like two hundred days, right? I love that he hates it. He nice. fucking hates it. It's the only part of it which is satisfying. It's the fact that he is fundamentally inadequate at it. He knows he's inadequate. He's got deep seated psychological issues that can't stand the fact that he's terrible at this job. And yep. so he just wants to do anything but be president. So the fact that he won is kind of this kind of brilliant Pyrrhic victory in a way, where he won but now he has to do a job that he fucking hates. That's quite <laughs> poetically funny. Yeah. Um but now he's actively campaigning to still be president. 
if he wanted <laughs> out, right? If he hated it, he would do his one term and he'd leave. But now he's an unindicted co-conspirator in this Cohen case. And the moment he is not the president, he will be arrested. So now he's campaigning to basically defer trial, to defer criminal investigation. So now he's stuck, like, again, this is dramatically poetic. He's stuck having to do the job that he hates for even longer. Otherwise, he will go to jail. <laughs> so this, it's like, it's, you know, dramatically perfect. I, but, me- I messaged you the other day about this, about like when the, the when do you think the the first Trump movie will come out? And, and look, it's going to be, it's, if it weren't real, it wouldn't be. Believable. Believable. Yeah. Because it's so. Outlandish, and even with the also with the, I was thinking this about the Assange thing and the Chelsea Mannings and the man that is like, you can't write that shit because mm. I mean you can and it actually sounds like a lot of shit that you hear like with the, uh, there's a lot of elements to that story that just feel like very cliche HBO yeah yeah, um, and it's, it's just like there's nothing sexier than espionage. I'm just going to say it right it's now. True. It's true. I it's watched so six seasons of The word. Americans. It's absolutely true. Oh, even the word espionage. That's my favorite word, espionage. I'm going to name my firstborn espionage. Espy for short. Espy. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, it is true that one of the ways in which Trump has been able to sort of skate by without uproar is the fact that there's been so much going on and so much which seems improbable. And seems like, like he said, Russia, if you're listening, I want to, you know, get on those emails. That's like an active call for a foreign power to uh, like actively hack into a political uh, opponent. But that's a joke. That was a joke. It, was, it wasn't a joke. It was a fucking joke. It wasn't. Like, it was so that, a this joke. Is, this is exactly what I'm talking about. It, no, the, no, no. No, but no. Just like, this, is, this is what I'm no, talking about, man. Well, no, what, I was the one speaking first, so this is what I'm talking about. Shit. You can't get hammock take everything that he says so seriously. It hey, that was, was a joke. It wasn't a joke. It was probably a joke based in truth. This is the I'll problem, that. is that people think it's so improbable that he would actively, to use the layman's term, collude in plain sight. It, he couldn't possibly have just been asking Russia, right? That no one would do it. Because it's so improbable, because it's so outlandish, because he's so fucking dumb, he gets like this this kind of... Yeah, so what is it? Is he dumb or is he really, really smart? He's he's entirely narcissistic and entirely incapable of ever having been held to account for anything. So his personality type doesn't see repercussions. He's like sociopathic. He doesn't He doesn't see the effects of, of what is he's doing coming back to hurt and bite him. So he just says things willy-nilly. He's a fucking millionaire who's always been a millionaire who's in the highest office in the land, you know, or was aiming for it. So he, he, he just gets away with stuff because there's always other controversies. There's always other things. And everyone's like, he couldn't, he couldn't. No, I mean, why did he say that? And the answer is very simple. It's because he was asking Russia, who he had been in contact with via his, um, you know, son and his Trump campaign people to go and get their emails. Like, <laughs> and then on that exact day that he said that, they started hacking into the campaign. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not a joke. 
on the exact day that he said that, the uh, the Russian botnet and the Russian hackers started to hack into the campaign. On the exact day. If you were, if you were doing that, if you were the ones um, retaliating against the Trump pussy tape video, wouldn't you think that they would wait a little bit to make it seem not so obvious? Like, but but again, that's that that's assuming the media is is more self aware of itself than it is. They take a story. Um, the the news came out and and. You know, at that time, we don't have the benefit of all this subsequent knowledge. We don't have, uh, like, Comey hadn't been fired then. You know, there was no public knowledge. In fact, the FBI had stated under pressure that um, Trump wasn't under investigation. Uh, We know for a fact that that's not true, that they actually were under a counterintelligence um, investigation, but declined to make that public. So... At that time, if that information came out, it was just information, and the media was not sufficiently prepared or sufficiently uh, switched on to the fact that Russia was actively trying to manipulate the election. So it was just WikiLeaks has got a data dump. Let's talk about it. There's uh, rumors that Trump's addicted to Adderall. I've seen those rumors. Yeah. Do you He's have any a lot of energy? You can add? <laughs> I've got nothing to add. Uh, it's mo- it'd be mostly coming from in Joe Rogan, but um, he's got a lot of energy for a seven for seventy two year old. That's for sure. He's fucking horrifying. Like he's just, got just a lot physically. of energy for like. I mean, he's look. He's he looks like a slug. He looks like Jabba the Hutt, but he's <laughs> he looks like he should have way less energy than he does. He's 72. I mean, he's never had a drink in his life. That's weird, isn't it? His brother killed himself via alcohol. Yeah. That's, that, it is, I, find that, I find that the most untrustworthy thing about Trump, that he doesn't drink, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it would explain so much more about his <laughs> slurring and speech. Um, yeah, what is that, man? It's because he's got a neurological disorder. <laughs> no, like, well, well, what? it couldn't be anything else, could it? No, it, apart like, from drugs, there there are there are um, psychologists that have come out and said that a lot of the indicators of the manner in which he walks, like his sort of zigzaggy serpentine gait, is evidence of like a, a neurological um, deterioration because you're unable to to maintain like a a, a forward direction and um, yeah, there there are a lot of indicators from people that have come out and said, um, if I was seeing this in one of my patients, I would give them like some serious like brain <laughs> scans and um, check that they're functionally all there. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if, um, yeah, because Obama used to sneak in cigarettes. I think that was a thing. See, it's so annoying because he was just cool, wasn't he? He's oh, so was cool, just man. a cool president. He's so cool. Just playing like uh, basketball in the backyard of the White House. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And he's and he's. You know what? You know how he was even cooler because his family was cool. Michelle Obama is arguably cooler than he is. I agree. Um, but he also did some pretty shitty things. 
Yeah, but I, he I, was cool though. He was cool. Though. I mean, like, I don't know. if there's ever if there's ever been more evidence that the Trump administration makes past presidents look better, it's the fact that George W. Bush has now got this kind of slight halo yeah. around him, where you're like, oh, he yeah. was like a lovable doofus. Yeah, he started yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. of wars that like killed hundreds of thousands of people, and yeah, based on a, no. a false premise. But you know, it, you know, it, it was just kind of fun, wasn't he? The Trumps will never be cool. That's for sure. Ivanka is kind of cool. But um, she's not. No, but she is kind of cool. That's just your weird kink where you need to, like, get the approval of a distant cold woman. Um, How did you know about that kink? (laughs) Because I (laughs) detailed it across the course of five years of podcasts. That's not true. She's the coolest of the Trumps, I'll say that. that yeah, that Baron's probably true. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Baron a of, stan. I'm, I'm a big Baron fan. I'm seeing man. a big feature for Baron. Yeah. Co- constantly yawning. That's, that's the only <laughs> thing. That's the only reason I like. Mowing the front yawn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yawning where I'm yawning. <laughs> um, if I saw where I'd be like, yeah. Give me this, uh, this good story. Um, do we have time? Yeah, it's going to be a long yeah. one, but fuck it. Why not? Uh, I mean, it's it is a story. It's um, it's it's a okay. So you know Notre Dame, how it it burned, burned. to the ground. That's not um, true. It didn't burn to the ground. Sorry, it didn't burn to the ground. Yeah, I know. It just burnt, and then yeah. I mean, it probably burnt to the ground. At some point. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's still structurally there. Still structurally there. Yeah. Some anyway, of it, but this does not make me look good. But um, I when so I got I was in bed. It was probably about five a.m. I woke up. I got a message on my phone, irrelevant, but it, the message woke me up, and it was on Messenger, and I had a notification on, but so I checked the message. Um, <laughs> this is this is so useful. You've just said this is all irrelevant. I said the message was irrelevant. Check the message, whatever. <laughs> I had a saw that I had a notification on Facebook as well, so I flipped over to the to the uh, Facebook app. Check that notification. How did you say you had a Facebook notification within the Messenger app? So the story doesn't add up. It does add up. Out. I exited out. This is not the point of the story, Nick. Uh, exited out of Messenger. Right next to it, Facebook app. Okay, so you didn't see within Facebook Messenger that you had a Facebook app no. notification. You actively quit out of the app. Your story is falling apart, Michael. Yeah, if you're going to get hung up on this, then uh, <laughs> we're going to be here for a while. Um, so, so, so I checked my um, notification on Facebook. And as I was doing that, like glancing through my news feed, I'm seeing uh, Notre Dame on fire. It's just happening. Like, it's literally, like, the news reports coming out, like, five minutes ago. Notre Dame ablaze. So, many people, Nick, probably, you know, this is a tragedy. I see, me, I see an opportunity here. Um, and, and I go to bed. I go to sleep. I go promptly to sleep. 7 a.m. Cut to, cut to 7 a.m., Emma wakes up, right? She's, I can hear her rustling around. My eyes are still closed. For all she knows, I'm still asleep, but I have woken up inside my brain. 
she's rustling around for about 20 seconds and I bolt awake as if I've been awoken by a bad dream. Mm-hmm. And she goes, whoa, are you, you okay? Did you just did you have a nightmare or something? I said, oh, well, I just had a weird dream that we were in Paris and we were in like a church or a cathedral or something that was on fire. It was a scary dream. I was like, oh, man, that was a weird dream. Both go back to bed, <laughs> wake up, 9, 9 a.m., um, I made some reference to her. She was wearing her wearing her bedroom robe, whatever. As she was making toast, I said, oh, "You look you look like Quasimodo." She goes, "That's a weird said, thing to Thanks, say." Thanks, Michael. I really appreciate being compared to a hunchback. <laughs> yeah, she actually did. It was more along the lines of what you just said. Anyway, gets to eleven a.m. I'm working out here. She's working in the study. I don't know how, how it's taken her this long, to be honest. <laughs> You're like, uh, yeah. oh, this long Kong joke is taking so long. I hear from the other room. Oh, my God. <laughs> As she comes belting into the room with a phone in hand. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, what? She goes, and I quote, are you God? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just playing it cool. I'm just playing it cool. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, Notre Dame is on fire and has been burnt. And I'm like, you're fucking with me. Put it all on her. In your brain right now, how excited are you? What percentage are you at? Hit the jackpot. All I want, all I want. You know what? I mean, this doesn't bode well for me as a person. It was perfectly executed. Yes. But... For for me as a person, no, I it it is surprising and unnerving that li- it, it was a split second uh, decision. Basically, I see Notre Dame on my Facebook burning to the ground, and instantly it took like five seconds for me to can can come up with this plan for my girlfriend to make my girlfriend think that I'm some sort of modern-day Nostradamus. Um, <laughs> it happened so quickly. Um, and it worked. I still haven't told her. Um, she's just been walking around thinking that I have visions God powers. and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Um, so that was the story, yeah. That's delightful. It was. Um, and as she doesn't listen to the podcast, she will never find out. So that's why. Never, she... ever. I'll probably go with another one. Yeah. Do it yep. again. Next, just make sure you check in like every morning at 4 a.m. See if there's any breaking news. Oh, uh, in Elizabeth, the uh, Holden plant's been broken into by vandals. Yeah. yeah. The problem is she doesn't she, she doesn't check the news, as was evident that she was She, was <laughs> she missed for, the Nostradamus news for like, like four, six hours. She was up for four hours and didn't hear <laughs> the biggest, <laughs> like a world landmark had burnt. Just, yeah. Yeah, can you believe how much money they raised from like billionaire donors in the space of that um, thing as so well? I've, I've seen things about this, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know about like it. Just seems I don't know how I feel about everyone saying, "Oh, imagine if we could just." I mean, it's true. 
It's true. Imagine if we could just put all this money as quickly as we did into Notre Dame as we could do into the Barrier Reef or something like that. But I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think people are giving it enough credit. I mean, I I, I agree with you in some respects in that Notre Dame is and one of those kind of archaeological marvels, one of those things that's you know, eight hundred and fifty years old or however old it is, and and deserves a degree of reverence beyond that. But at the same time, the the social science shows that as a proportion of their income, the most generous um, economic class is the lower class. The, the lowest income earners spend a greater proportion of their wage on um, charity and donations and, and community stuff than billionaires do. Um, so... Yes, that I think there is a certain degree of over outrage around the idea of oh they raised three hundred million dollars in that first um, uh, I don't know however long it was but you know someone donated a hundred million dollars to it or something which is a crazy amount of money um, mm. but at the same time I think it is validly true that if those that economic class spent more of their or an equivalent amount of their income. Um, as the rest of society, um, there would be so much more that could have been, you know, totally. could, could be accomplished. I think as well, part of it that was playing into it was the fact that it was a church. Or it was something to do with the Catholics, I think. That's also, yeah, as true well. as well, because the Catholic Church is, a, a, you know, a billion trillion dollar organization, so they don't need fundraising. But I, I get it from a, um, a cultural pride sort of thing. It is a symbol of France. I understand why, as a French French person, um, yeah. you donate you, towards want it, to. right? You'd want to preserve yeah. that shit, man. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, there's, there's, an, there's an infinite amount of things that people... People want to preserve every, anything that's valuable to them. And there's a lot of things that are valuable to a lot of people. And... We have talked previously about how you and I are not hugely patriotic in the sense that we feel, I think, grateful to have grown up and live in Australia, um, but at the same time as an international like flag, the idea of nationalism is kind of problematic for us. But let me ask you what what one icon of Australiana um, if damaged or injured or broken, would you chip in to save? Um, man-made, I'm presuming. Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll leave there's, it open-ended. Like, there's a, there's, what is there? The Opera House and the Harbour Bridge. What else is there? Uluru, Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, so Uluru is not man-made. Great yeah, Barrier but I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not... Uh, yeah, I was keeping it open-ended, but an, an icon of the of Australiana. Yeah, but those, those are the four. But you can, you know, let's say there was a uh, an earthquake or something, and and Uluru split, and they were going to try and reassemble it or something like that. I mean, you could you could donate to that cause, or if it was going to be flooded or something, you know. That that yeah. conceptually, I just want to leave it open ended. Yeah, is there a, is there a part anything... of the Australian iconography that you do resonate with? Well, then there would both be there would be natural above everything. The Great Barrier Reef, I would say. The Great Barrier Reef, um, not just because it's an icon, but because it's it's like Nature. pretty necessary for that to be preserved. But I mean, that so is that's... currently under attack, isn't it? 
Is it? I'm sure it is, but by from who? I mean, just ecologically, uh, yeah, just global warming is bleaching the coral and pollution is killing Plastic and shit, yeah. 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 I mean, it's not not like a one-off attack. I'm not like, I'm not trying to like, I'm not Julian Assange-ing you here, trying to like catch you with your million dollar donation to Obama. stop Assange-ing me, brother. (laughs) Oh, classic Jules. Um, Yeah, we don't have that many, I mean, what, 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 uh, what does Africa have? Let's turn on the fucking Africans. Well, well they've got they've got the pyramids, pyramid, sphinx, that kind of thing. They've Egypt got... is barely Africa. Let's just be real here, guys. <laughs> Egypt okay. is most. It is. I don't think you get the to declare East. that. Egypt is the Middle East. It ain't Africa. Okay, Africa is from the Congo down, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, wow. I, there you go. There nice you go. Nice to have it cleared up. And guess what? I don't even know where the Congo is, so... Yeah, I, I didn't want to... Actually... Got a globe right here. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. Why the fuck do you have a spinning globe within, It's like, part of my prop range. for later. Actually, the Congo is exactly where... Yeah, about halfway. So, yeah, Sudan, that's... you're out. Libya, fuck off. Nigeria, <laughs> forget about it, dudes. And Cameroon... <laughs> Oh, Cameroon. Get a room. Cameroon, get a room. <laughs> you promised me a special guest, Michael. Yeah. I think. I, yeah, I'll just. Hold on, let me check my messages. Because I haven't actually seen them today. I was just texting. Have you got any um, Facebook notifications? Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, no probs. Just let me know when is a good time and I'll come around. Okay, cool. No, that's all good. That's all cool. Good. Uh, I'm very excited. Let him in now. Say, right, give me one second, and I'll uh, let him in. Okay. I might. Uh, I might go. Uh, just because of the mic situation, I might just go hang out in the other room. But um. Oh, right. so you're not. We'll see how we go. We'll see. How you're we not go. gonna. You're not going to be here with the special guest? No. Uh, probably not. Let's just see. Here we go. I'll, I'll just go get him. One sec, Nick. Okay. Well, this is this is exciting. I don't think... I mean, it's been a while since we've had a, a special guest on the show. Hey, man. How are you? Sounds like someone's at the door. Um... Oh, hello. Hello. Nick, uh, have we Deep met? Thought listeners, thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Um, it's lovely to have you. I um, I uh, how do how do you know Michael? I I hadn't. I don't it's think we've ever wonderful. met. Um, I don't. I don't actually know Michael, but I was passing through and texted him before to see if. He wanted me to come on the Deep Thought podcast, which I've been following from. So you're just a, a super fan. I'm a big fan. You've, I'm actually on tour here. Um, you probably know me from the BBC's Wonders of the Universe um, and other such programs on the BBC. <laughs> um uh, I, I must admit that in New Zealand our BBC coverage is relatively limited, um, but I'm I, I'm delighted that you've come to visit uh, 
microwave. Can I just say that New Zealand? I'm going there in, in a in about two weeks' time, and the vastness of New Zealand truly um, astonishes me, um, and I'm very excited to be there. It's very strange you say that, given the relative size of Australia compared to New Zealand. Um, it, it's certainly a lot smaller than uh, Australia is. But uh, look, I'm I'm delighted that you're going to be coming to hang out with us and, and teach us some science and some, some physics and that sort of thing. Thank you. And thank you for also for recognising me as being Brian Cox, uh, professor of physics and uh, BBC presenter programs such as uh, Wonders of the Universe and uh, other such programs. Also, a musician uh, in a band called uh, Dare that you've probably heard of. I I, I haven't, but um, it, it did help that you. Do you like me, Erica? <laughs> it's very. It's like sort of a nonchalant. Um, it's one of those slightly crazy. Uh, like, like you've embraced the uh, the Einstein, but through a modern lens, you know, where it's like you've just let it do its thing because you're too busy to think about your hair when there's so much science to be done. You're totally right, and uh, sometimes I think about the vastness and beauty of the universe. I think there's probably not enough time to spend on things as trivial as my hair but uh, I like to think that uh, my haircut is kind of a cross between Einstein and the Johnny Ma yeah <laughs> yeah um it's actually uh, great that you're here because um on last week's episode um or last time's episode we were really struggling or at least Michael was struggling with the idea of the subjectivity of time so it's wonderful I, that we now have a scientist here can you just explain to me the relativity of of mass energy and and time in in its various dimensions absolutely the way i like to think of it is that time is uh two-dimensional object, much like a, a ball or a snake. <laughs> Slytherins. Bless you. Uh, sorry, I, I, much... I, I, I'd been close to cats and I just, I was sneezing. Um, go what on. What I'm saying is time is like a snake slithering <laughs> through energy, mm-hmm. through dark reeds such as... Uh, the ones found in India, uh, or possibly South America, slithering through many dimensions in between mass and energy, or as scientists uh, sometimes like to call it, dark matter. Does that answer your question? It's uh, Yeah, you've really cleared it up for me. You have that amazing ability to take these really complicated, high-concept questions and topics and turn them into completely understandable very simple yeah understandable expression so i thank you for for clearing up what was obviously such a complicated topic i appreciate that nick and that's what i like to do and can i just say that deep thought has actually uh, been many a part of um, me and my team and my crew's uh, understanding of uh, not only science but 
I know you've got um, a segment you like to call uh, Science News. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, a classic. Um, and I've actually, a lot of my, a lot of what I cover in my tours is actually stemming a lot from that or drawing inspiration from that. So thank wow. you. I'd like to say that. Well, that's, um, I'm flattered. Thank you so much. That's, mm. that's very exciting news. I look forward to seeing you when you're in New Zealand in a couple of weeks. Please come. I'll give you a 30% discount. On, Do I need like a special discount ticket. code or something I'll, like that? I will email you. Uh, yeah. um, um, it's uh, just deepfort at gmail.com or oh, twitter.com oh. forward slash deepfort. Or you can find us on iTunes and rate us five stars. Um, there's plenty more stuff like that at deepfort.podbean.com um, if, if any of that's of help. Or facebook.com forward slash deepfort. Beautiful. Um, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for dropping by, Brian Cox. No problem. I will let Michael back in. I don't know what he's doing in there. Why don't it's you? Been um, a pleasure, Nick. Honestly, wonderful. Thank you so much. Why don't you give him your jacket as well? Let's see what Right. Been a pleasure, Nick. I'll let Michael back in. Oh, you're welcome. All the best for the trip. Wow. Hey, what? A... What the fuck? Brian. What? Are you leaving? Why can we not oh, hear Brian Cox oh, anymore? Man. I didn't know you. Um, oh, yeah, I'll probably catch you on your tour. Are you coming back in your next week? Okay, cool. Oh, man, that's a bummer, dude. Oh, I was hoping to sit down and chat. Okay. Right. Oh, thanks, dude. I appreciate that. I'll catch you next time. All right. See you, dude. <laughs> Do wow. we want to just talk about the fact that uh, Brian, Cox, Brian was Cox was just literally in my house? That's amazing. And um, I just took that opportunity to be like, I'm just going to not be here. I don't know. It seemed was... like a bit of a prick, to be honest, because when you were speaking to him on the way out, he was not saying anything. He said no words, even as you were like ushering him out of your house. That's a bit uh, of a I rude think move. He's No, he's just softly spoken. I don't think... I've got a bit of a gain setting on here and... Because he's so softly spoken. Yeah. Um, probably doesn't pick it up. I'm pretty, I'm a bit of a loud mouth, especially when I've had a few uh, chocolate stouts. Um, <laughs> I wondered what it was you were eating. Yeah. Um, uh, that was pretty crazy, dude. That's amazing. I'm so grateful yeah. that he dropped by and to find out that Science News, presumably because of its awesome jingle, has inspired so much enthusiasm from him. That's, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, he did not say that. He did. He said he no, fucking loved not. science news. He uses it for all of his research papers. He's just, um, he's been nice. I don't think, I don't think that's true. Well, okay. Um, that's a shame, but I, I choose I, to interpret that he did. Um, yeah. I'm keen to hear that back. Cause, uh, yeah, it'd be cool. Did you ask him about physics and space and stuff? Uh, no, we basically just took sport. We just, um, did like, obviously just two bros just brown out. So, just soccer chat and um, a little bit of uh, like water yeah. polo. Um. <laughs> you, you got a um, a an accomplished musician and physicist on, and you were like, "Now I want to talk sports." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I go where my um, interests take me. Good, um, good. Let's wrap this up with some chip chat, shall we? Okay. Chip a chap a chip 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 a
we are so it. goofy by the way i you know i said to emma before i said i'm popping out to get some chips but chip chat. <laughs> i was like do you want anything she was like you're such a fucking loser and i was like okay you're not getting anything even if you want it now. you're not getting any chips <laughs> just a bit of a quick chip chap news wow dude press release news dude Stand up at that podium. Um, PepsiCo owners of Lay's mm-hmm. are suing currently four Indian farmers for using a potato that they trademarked. A potato known as, say it with me now, Nick, FL-2027. That's the actual name of the potato. FL-2027, they are suing four Indian farmers for growing a potato that PepsiCo lays have trademarked. Can you believe that? Wow. That's this whole other issue, and I find that quite interesting, um, the idea of trademarking or um, getting patents on, like, biological nature. concepts, nature. Yeah, it's that bonkers, kind of man. Um, maybe let's let's try, let's let's dive into that later. But that's yeah, that's fucking crazy when you yeah. when you think about it like that. But one I, would assume they drop it because the PR for that is probably not worth it. Well, they started it, which means at some point someone said, "Yeah, this is more important to us than yeah. the news of it." A hundred. They won one hundred and forty three thousand dollars from each farmer for one potato. <laughs> Indian, Indian for growing that type of potato from each farmer. One hundred forty three thousand. Yeah, that's. Um, I'm gonna guess they don't extravagant. Have yeah. All right, what you got? Alrighty, let's get into some chip chat. Um, oh. And I'm breaking all of the rules. No. Because I have Macy and Taylor, the snack artisans, have an oven baked pressed pretzel, which is. Uh. Pizza seasoned, oven baked, and gently flattened. The uh, the front image is, of course, of an elephant, elephant. standing yeah. on top of some pretzels. These it are... should be noted that 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 fully grown elephant is not crushing a stack of ten pretzels. It could either be giant pretzels underneath <laughs> yeah. a real size elephant, <laughs> or tiny uh, elephant standing on top of real size pretzels. Um, <laughs> Right in the comments. People. Macy and Taylor's snack artisans. Our artisan snacks preserve the taste of real, honest snacks made from quality natural ingredients. Quality guarantee. This product is made with love and care under strict quality standards. Thin, crispy pretzels you can load up with your favorite toppings, like a cracker, only more epic. Really <laughs> says that. You'll more fall in epic. love with our oven-baked pressed pretzels. Enjoy on their own or load them with dip, cheese, or veggies for the ultimate pretzel experience. Only natural ingredients. Vegetarian-friendly. Vegan-friendly. Friendly is a weird choice there, right? Because normally you just say it's vegetarian, it's vegan, or whatever. Vegetarian-friendly suggests, eh, we're kind of halfway. Like, yeah. there's still a little <laughs> bit of beef in it, but not too much to really, like, get your angst up. I think it's um, self-aware, which is nice. Uh, I like the idea of, of someone thinking, I've got this really epic pretzel, but I want it to be... I'm looking for something a little epicer. Yeah. More epic. 
so yes, I have brought to the table for today's chip chat the Macy and Taylor press pretzels pizza seasoned. Um, okay. What are we dealing with, Michael? Mate, I've gone with oh, pretzels I mystery Pringles. Oh. Mystery flavor, dude. Wow. Um, so there is a competition right now that Pringles are giving away 10000 bucks to someone who can guess the flavor. I'm guessing there's going to be heaps of people who's going to guess this flavor. They've got a word, uh, word jumble, whatever that's called, on the thing, and they're saying that they've got clues in that. So I already found, I looked at one before. I could find, find the word smoky. Um, uh, oh, I just saw pepper as well. Oh. Um, Is that smoky pepper? Smoky pepper flavor. Uh, I mean, surely it's something else. Uh, but yeah, you can win ten thousand bucks. Um, Is this? I, are we going to live win you ten thousand dollars on this podcast? I think so. Man. Wow, that's I amazing. I think we are, man. I think we're about to. Um, they do list the ingredients on the back, uh, but they, that seems which like they give it soy away. Soy sauce powder. Um, Does it say soy sauce? Soy sauce powder. Yeah. Oh, soy sauce powder. Yeah. Isn't that just soy? Um, <laughs> Shall we? Uh, I have to say, yeah. this is this is a high quality bag as well. Like you know how when you, you can get some real that nice, looks like, fancy. Plastic? That looks fancy. Yeah. Okay. A really elegant opening of the first smell. The uh Not getting any soy. It certainly tastes it a little bit in the I'm nose, kind of like a chicken, a actually, shape, but with a certain a degree of an added like. Kind of, oh, the thing about Pringles is they one actually so much pizza smaller. shapes have a sort of artificial side in, to it, but these in ones literally no time at all. These ones they, smell like actual like with cheeseburgers somehow. and stuff. Like people say that like the Big Mac has gone smaller. But, uh, the Big Mac has gone smaller, but gradually over time, surprisingly, Pringles they just decided one time that they were like, I know that the idea you know of the front we're smaller uh, now. With the it. idea of the elephant on it All is right. that it's been crushed very small. I'm also getting a little bit of that in practice, beef, seeing it like so thin. Maggie it's probably smell. only you know that, two like or three millimeters thick. Craft Maggie and smell. That's 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 smaller than I thought would probably like, be uh, easily That beef seasoning, I fucking hated but, uh, that, dude. I hated I suppose that's that. why they're All right, I'm going to go back in straight in for the first crunch. Let's get this thing in the mouth. I'm definitely getting some beef. That is, which is weird because these guys are saying so this strange is vegetarian. The okay, I'm gonna go straight a for a strong second. sense of beef, but like that kind of like me goreng kind of beef. You know, you know what I'm saying? That this is fucking seasoning. unbelievable. This is insane. I'm not. You know, when you eat a pizza well. shape and you think, okay, pizza mm. shape. Does this taste like pizza? No, it these doesn't. These are a little it's got its bit own too sweet. Of it, so. It tastes. This exactly tastes like a margarita pizza. Like I am fucking flabbergasted ring. that they have actually managed to create this flavor Two minute noodle in what packets. effectively looks like a dark brown that miniature onion ring. And I'm, the idea that it can actually I'm taste a little like margarita to admit is, <laughs> is baffling. I used to eat those motherfuckers raw, you know what I'm saying? I used to eat those motherfuckers raw when I was too stoned to boil those motherfuckers... It in is actual water. I'd eat them like crackers, man. And they it tastes crackers. like a margarita in the sense I'd you know that pizza sauce flavor. Like day picture after just a plain cheese pizza with a people thick say that MSG hangover is a myth. Under, 
you know, I'm not buying classic that. Italiano the MSG style pizza hangover sauce is covered totally in mozzarella cheese. I feel dehydrated. I feel translate that flavor feel into a tiny thin pretzel. In a way, you are exactly on the money. Deaf. This is. Ex- well, I don't think I've. I ever definitely been feel ashamed, but uh, as much uh, by the accuracy of bit. what they put on the packet, I'm gonna go what it tastes like in your mouth. I wish that mystery flavor was just something like skin. They're really good. I'm going to eat them with hummus. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that funny?